0: God bless. Good morning, everybody. Miss you guys so much. Glad to be able to have this time with you. And I'm looking forward to and praying for a time when we can be together again. You know, it's crazy as it seemed like things were, were slowing down and things were beginning to open up. I now know more people who have COVID firsthand than I have in the previous, gosh, since this began, combined. Within the last week or so, I probably know about ten people who have come down with COVID. Um, personally, haven't been in contact with them, but it's crazy how you think things are changing, but. They're still continuing. And because of this, we are still going to be cautious in how we move forward. Even as Brian said, we're kind of doing this by 10. So if you would like to be here, you can. But we want to monitor it so that it is safe. Um, you know, just when you thought things couldn't get crazier, it does. Um, we definitely want to be praying for the president, his wife, and the people in our government who have COVID now. I also have heard that Randy Walls, the pastor at Calvary Chapel Upland, his wife, and many people in his family, the Grasmics, uh, have COVID, and so we want to be praying for them as well. And also, um, some sad news is I heard from Sean that Colleen's cancer has metastasized and is now in her bones, and we want to be praying for her as well. Uh, that the Lord would continue to touch, strengthen, and heal her. And today is her birthday. Colleen, if you're watching, and I think you are, love you. Happy birthday. We miss you, and you're on our hearts. We love you. You are such an inspiration to us, and our desire is to meet again with you in person and to be able to, again, hold you, tell you how much we love you, God bless you. Thank you for being such a great example, and we are heartbroken that you are going through this and that we can't go through it with you, although maybe that's a blessing for you. We are not annoying you, Um, but we love you, Colleen, and so let's pause and let's pray for uh, our sister and for all these people, even my aunt's uh, good friend, Jay, is now in the hospital with covid So a lot of things going on that are concerning. Let's pray. Father, we are here without the power to change so many things. Lord, we are here with the inability to understand so many things. We are here and the only thing it seems that we can do is trust And so we do that. We trust you for the people we love, for the situations that are concerning to us, for the pain that our loved ones are going through and experiencing, for the fear that we have for those that we care about. Lord, we lean on you and look for your embrace and pray, God, that you would take hold of them and us In this time, and Lord, it it is at these times where faith is born, it grows, and is seen. And I pray that would be the case in all the lives that we've mentioned and the ones that we know and haven't been uh, presented here. God, have mercy, show grace. We thank you for being faithful. And I ask, Lord, that this morning as we are gathered here virtually that your spirit would tangibly do a work within our hearts. That there would be a transporting of our lives from a place that maybe feels impotent, feels helpless, to a place where we are empowered by your spirit to bring about change, not only in our lives, but in the lives of those around us, God. And we do ask for your help and your strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning, I'm gonna kind of continue the next step of what I began last week. Last week, we were talking about what it is to believe and and trusting and how it is different than just thinking. When we believe something, it's not a matter of us thought processing it. It's really a a matter of us leaning on it, trusting in it. And and today, I want to kind of pick up in that place where I left off. I'm going to talk about painting a room, dinner with friends, a desolate road, and... What to pray for. Have you ever read parts of the Bible and thought, this sounds crazy? Now, I know, you know, a a book that is sacred. Sometimes we feel funny saying things like that. But if you haven't said that, reading some things in Scripture... I wonder if we're reading the same books because there are some things that just seem like, what the heck's going on here, right? I mean, you have a serpent talking to Eve to tempt her, right? I mean, we know that story, so we just kind of read over it like, oh, yeah, but come on, there's some strange things going on there. Or or what about God telling Abraham to take his son, his only son, and offer him, As a sacrifice. I don't think we should just read past that and think, huh, that's interesting. I I, I think that's alarming. Or, Or Moses wandering on the backside of the desert and coming up to a bush that's on fire but isn't being consumed, and then God speaks to him from that bush. Again, Strange. It's a story that if that were to happen to you or I, I think we would think this is bizarre. This is a little nuts. Or the story of Jacob wrestling with God until the morning and winning. You read that and you go, huh, Okay." and you keep reading. No, I think we got to stop there and say, what the heck? What is taking place here and how am I supposed to, to deal with this thing? And that list goes on and on and on. So many stories where we look at it and we read it and we think something's happening here that I have to digest. I, I have to kind of take and, and see what happens, right? And, and I can only speak for myself. I I don't want to speak or presume to speak for anyone else, but maybe you can relate when I didn't look at these stories as mystical, as intriguing, as having more than meets the eye, they meant less to me, not more. When I, I didn't question them and wonder about them, but just glanced over them or just took them at face value it wasn't because I had more faith. It's because I was actually avoiding faith. You see, I I don't think these scriptures and these passages and these stories are so fragile that we gotta be careful that we don't question them, otherwise they're gonna break. If that's the case, then we got a problem here. I, I, I think these words are meant to be Examined. I, I think they are meant to be wrestled with. I, I think we are supposed to look at them and question them and wonder about them and talk about them and maybe even argue about them to try and get to the root of some of the things that are being said. Reading through the scripture and not batting an eye at what is said is not having more faith. It's not having enough faith to trust the stories are strong enough to deal with your scrutiny. Not wrestling with what is written is not trusting the story more. It's not dealing with the story at all. And we have a passage in John that I want to look at that, again, is a passage that I thought I knew a passage that I looked at and I had my theology about it in a way that I felt was in order. But again, coming to it, reading it again, there's some things that stand out to me. The passage is in John chapter 20. And we're going to look at verses 19 to 23. Now, this is after the resurrection. This is Jesus has risen from the dead. And there's a woman who's rumored to say that she has seen Jesus. And that's where the story takes place. And verse 19 says, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Okay, there's so many strange things about this story. I mean, first of all, there's the mention of the locked doors and then Jesus standing in the midst. Okay, that's just creepy, right? That, that's a little unsettling. I mean, they make movies like that, you know, that you scream when that happens, right? And so Jesus' first words are, peace be to you, right? He's he's trying to bring a sense of calm to that situation. But, but there's more going on in this story that I, I think is impactful. Years ago, Corinne and I Remodeled our house, we actually added a room it was probably about twenty years ago i don 't remember so it 's a long time ago and As we tore out the wall and added a room, we eventually painted the room and then put our furniture in the room and I remember when we painted it, we wanted to go bold, so we had like a red paint kind of a faux painting in the living room and another kind of tan in the other room and then the kitchen. We just had all these different colors because that 's kind of how the model homes were. Back then, and that's kind of what you do. You go and say, oh, what are they doing now? That's what we're going to do. And we set our furniture in a certain place, and it's been that way for years. It's just been the way we lived. And a couple of months ago, we decided we wanted to get rid of the red, and we wanted to go to kind of a more neutral tone, and we picked a gray-beige tone. And so we painted the two rooms the same color, and then we took out this huge entertainment center that we had because we it was just too big and we moved that out and we got another tv and we put it just on the wall and rearranged our furniture and it looks so much more spacious it looks so much more inviting it's so much more comfortable and and we thought why didn't we do this years ago have you ever done that it's like man why did we wait so long to make this change because this is so much better I think that happens to us. Change needs to be made so that things could be better. You see, it's, it's the same home, but everything's different. Same room, but now it's fresh. Now it's more comforting. Remember I said last week that the Adam and Eve story is about what happens when knowing is elevated Above trusting. There's a voice in my head, much like the serpents, telling Eve, I've got this. The paint's fine, the furniture's fine, everything's good. I can live like this. This this is the way I want to do things, move forward. But then there's a disruption. And Jesus has a way of doing that in our lives. He shows up unexpected in a room that's closed. He, he, he moves into the lives of those who were happy to know that Jesus was here, listen to his teachings, trust in him. But then he was brutally killed, crucified, their hopes plummeted. They're hiding out for fear that they too are going to be arrested. And then he shows up and it's a little unnerving. And then he, he kind of changes what you thought you knew. You really didn't know. And I am going to now do something new. And so it says, as the father has sent me, even so I send you. You when he said that, he breathed on them and told them to receive the Holy Spirit. Now, notice it says, as the Father. It doesn't say since the Father or because the Father has sent me, but as. In other words, in the way that God has sent me, I am sending you. Which is, again, alarming. Wait a second, you are the son of God, you've been crucified, you are risen from the dead, and you're saying that God is sending me like he sent you. That's going to take a while to process. I need some time for that. And then the first thing he does after he tells them that is he breathes on them. Now, in a, a time of COVID, you know, that just seems so strange, the idea of breathing on some. I mean, am I supposed to breathe on people? No. And yes. What's happening here? The word in Greek for spirit is the word pneuma. It's also the word for. Breath and the word for wind. The same thing's true in the Hebrew. The word ruach is the same for spirit, breath, and wind. And remember in Genesis, the very beginning, in chapter 1, verse 2, it says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The spirit of God, the the breath of God was hovering. It's brooding. It is creating. We see life being formed, created by the breath and spirit of God. That's, by the way, why we're called Genesis. Life starts here. It is where life has begun, and we want to see life continue. And then we see life being formed by Jesus' breath onto this disciples. But it's a new life, something that's moving forward. Because of Jesus, life is formed in his disciples and from his disciples. Life is to be formed in others. But before this happens, they are told to wait. Wait. Okay, I'm doing something, I'm giving you the spirit, now you got to wait. And we see in Acts chapter 2, again, a very famous passage, another strange incident happening. Again, if you read this and don't think this is peculiar, then I don't know if you're really reading it. And if you think, oh yeah, that's something, you tell me when this has happened, right? And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as of fire appeared on them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages or tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Again, strange, peculiar. What's going on here? Something mysterious is going on. More than breathing on someone, more than wind rushing through the place, there is something transpiring here that is requiring us to engage a little bit more deeply. Now, if you're a Pentecostal person, you have a set of beliefs regarding this incident. If you're a Baptist or a Catholic or so many other denominations, there are so many ideas of what this is about. And that's the problem with spiritual things, right? It's so hard to nail them down. Okay, this means this. There's a lot of having to speculate. There's a lot of curiosity. There's a lot of wondering They're they're mysterious, they're intriguing, they're compelling. They are drawing us in to see closer what's going on, right? And after this incident, after these incidents, after... Jesus breathing on them. And then after the wind rushing through and the spirit falling upon them, after these things, Peter, the new and improved Peter, by the way, the one who's no longer hiding in the room, but the one who has boldness to get out and speak, he tells those that are there that God is pouring out his spirit on all mankind. But this isn't the end of the story right we we've seen a, an evolving of who peter is we've seen an evolving of what jesus has done and how it's affecting those and as he was sent he is now sending and and we're starting to see that sending process we're starting to see what it looks like and so peter stands up and he gives us an incredible sermon in acts chapter 2 but in acts chapter 4 we see again that they are now threatened because they're causing waves they're they're making a ruckus and people are upset those who are in positions of leadership are threatening them that they're going to harm them if they continue speaking about Jesus and so now they're confronted with resistance And that happens to us, doesn't it? It feels like we've got the motivation. It feels like, man, you know what? I know I I belong to God. I know God loves me. I'm doing things well. I see things happening. And then there's a resistance. There's something that confronts us. There's something that challenges us. There's something that sets us back. And in chapter four, verse 31, it says, and when they had prayed because of their threats, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Wait a second, I thought they were already filled. I thought they were filled in John chapter 20. He he breathed on them. In chapter two, they were filled. In chapter four, they're getting filled again. And, And what we're seeing here is there was a filling, then a filling, and then there'd be more fillings throughout this book. And you see, the thing about filling is it shows that there was the need to fill. There, there has to be a refilling. So it kind of implies an emptying. And life has a way of draining you from life, right? Living has a way of taking the life out of us. Have you noticed that? It's if you have kids... Can I get an amen, right? If you've got a baby, it's amazing how a 2, 3, 4, 5, 16-year-old can take the life out of you, can take that energy out of you. And I find that as I start going through life, man, I'm getting drained, and I need the life to come back again. There is that continuing development of these things. But there always seems to be something that helps us. God has a way of sending his spirit when we are looking. There's always a bush that's burning if we are looking, if we are listening, if we are praying. There is always the voice of God Wanting to speak life into us. Wanting to breathe life into us wherever we are at. So for you moms with the little ones that are just so exhausted. There's a bush somewhere burning with God wanting to speak to you. There is a spirit who is wanting to fill you and give you boldness. For you parents who are having to homeschool your children and are at your wits end, there is a spirit wanting to breathe life into you. And as they prayed and God gave them the ability to speak the word of God with boldness and the word of God, most of the time when you see it in the New Testament, it means the gospel, the good news. And to do it boldly, God is wanting to fill your life with good news and give you boldness to live in that gospel. We need to seek, we need to ask, we need to knock. It started with prayer, it started with seeing and inquiring the bush that Moses heard the voice of God. It started with them asking and praying and God responding. We see another incident in Acts chapter 9. Again, something we read and we could just pass over, but it really is kind of astounding. Chapter 9, verse 17, Paul has encountered God through this light. It has knocked him off his donkey if you wanted to call that something else it would be a, a funny thing right and knocked him down and it he got up and he was blind he couldn't see and then god speaks to ananias and tells him you need to go talk to this man who's persecuting people like you and ananias says okay and he goes there And it says in verse 17, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Again, strange. What's going on here? Again, a filling of the Spirit. There's something that needs to take place in the disciples. In Paul and in us, right? There is a, a revealing. There is a removing of scales from our eyes, a, a taking us from being hidden in a room, secluded to having boldness, a, a place where we are being threatened, but we step into it, a place where we now have an understanding that our life has purpose, And there is a resurrection that happens to us. Even what we see here with Paul. But before there can be a resurrection, there is usually a crucifixion and a death. You see, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Did we think that if God sent Jesus and he had to suffer, that we wouldn't have to suffer? Did we think that there would not be that cross? Jesus told us there would. If anyone comes after me, let him pick up his cross and follow me. The cross didn't symbolize a burden, something that you had to carry that was heavy. The cross symbolized something that was death. If you're going to come after me, there is going to be death. There has to be death. That is where life begins. And so we see this strange incident happening with Paul. Paul said in Philippians 3 that in all things he once thought were so important to him in his life are gone from his life. His credentials, his higher education, they become empty. And he considered all those things, well, it depends on the translation, rubbish, dung, filth. There's no translation that is bold enough to say what it really says, which is something you would find written on a middle school bathroom. He considered all these things that were so important as so unimportant. Because there was something when he came to the end that was a beginning. Have you ever come to the end of your rope? Where maybe life has lost its meaning, has lost its spark, where all that you have, all that you've done seems empty. You wonder why am I doing any of this? Have you ever wished even that you would just die? Sad to say that's happened to more people than probably we want to really think. And of course, it's tragic when someone gets to that place and they think there is no resurrection, there is nothing past the empty, there is no hope, and they do take their lives. But coming to the end is the only way I know to come back to life. Getting tired of the wall colors, getting tired of the furniture arrangement, getting tired of the way things are is the only way that you come to the place where you say, you know what? We need to change things. We, we need to make things different. We need a transition. We, we need a death. And we need a resurrection. But it's a difficult thing. There are times where I, I wonder, why am I doing this? There are so many changes taking place in the world, in my life, in our Genesis community we have a new leadership, but that was, began in January. It was the idea and it, we haven't even met together. And then there's the question like, Oh my gosh, what's going on? What's the point? Why are we doing this? You know, guys, there are a lot of other YouTube channels that have great teachers. I mean, people who speak better than me, there there's, I, I, I could name them, but I'm not going to. Um, And I hope you are receiving more than just from me. I hope you're receiving from God and not just man. But why are we here? And and having dinner with some friends, Karina and I talking with someone and hearing one of the people sharing just about how Genesis has been a place that has given them hope in going back to church that they had come to the place where a church meant nothing to them. It was kind of dead to them. But coming here, and it wasn't, oh, me and my powerful teaching. It had a lot to do with you and you loving and caring for them. You see, all these things brought life back to them. And those are the things that brings life to me, right? If that doesn't happen, I don't want to do this But when that happens, it inspires, it breathes into me the desire to do this better and to do this more. And that's what I want when I come to the end of, I can't do this anymore, and then I hear someone say something, it helps me say, I want to do this. But sometimes it's difficult when we come to that end. There is a road somewhere between here and Texas I don't know the name of the road. And if I were to drive on that road today, I wouldn't even recognize it because when I was going through it, it was pitch black. And there were no lights on this road and it was in the middle of the night. And so there were few, few cars and it was a dark time. A friend was in trouble, was having a breakdown because his wife had left him for someone else. And I was driving him from where he was out here to California. He hadn't slept in probably a week and he was manic and having a breakdown. And when you're with someone who you care about, who is in that condition, it, it, it's hard to see. And there was a point when we were driving where he got a text from his wife and things went south quick. And he wanted to jump out of the car and he just wanted to end it all. And i had to pull over to the road and he jumped out into the blackness and I jumped out and all I could do was hold him while he just wept and totally broke down. That's all I could do. I had no words. I had nothing I could offer him. He had to break down because it's where he was and it's what was happening to him. There was a death on that desolate road that evening. And it was the only way that life could come back. He had to go through it. There was no escaping it. There was no reasoning it. There was no counseling out of it. There is no drugs that could numb and take it away. It had to happen. And again, part of redecorating is getting tired of the old. Tired enough Part of finding life is dying to the old. Sometimes it's forced on us and sometimes we have to walk into it. The same thing has been true for me. I've had to rearrange the furniture in my life so many times. Think, rethink, change the way I'm living how I feel so I could grow. And it's happened so many times, I've lost count. I've had so many deaths and rebirths in my life that Bill Murray and Groundhog Day has nothing on me. Some of them have been forced on me and some of them I had to go to like a cross. And I think it's true For all of us. I I think it's part of this as the father has sent me. So I send you. See, part of this, like Abraham with Isaac, all I can do is offer this to the Lord. What has been most important to me, what I have thought is the promise of God, I now have to sacrifice to God because I need something more. There is life to be found. There is a spirit who gives life, but often it's after crucifixion. It's after the death. Again, Paul said in Philippians 3, whatever I gain I had, I counted it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for his sake. I have suffered the loss of the old things and count them rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, trusting in Christ. That the righteousness of God that depends on faith, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Paul saw following Christ, in not only enjoying the power of that resurrection, but also the fellowship, the connection of that suffering, that they were together. This is as the Father has sent me, so I send you. It is a road that is marked with hardship and resurrection. It's a road that's marked with suffering and empowering. It's a road that requires trusting. Not in our own abilities to figure it all out, but in God's ability to do what we can't do. And so you might be at the end of your rope, the end of energy, the end of motivation, you may feel like you've been wrestling with life and wrestling with God and that it's over. You're done. There is no more within you. I'm telling you, don't stop wrestling until you win. I'm telling you, wait Take another breath. Wait for God until the spirit comes. I'm telling you to wait and to pray until God breathes life into you again. The psalmist tells us that there might be sorrow in the night, but joy comes in the morning. I read a story in 1975, a Jesuit philosopher, John Kavanaugh, and I shared this with Randy at last week's take two. He went to work for three months at the home of the dying in Calcutta, India with Mother Teresa. And he was searching for answers to his life and his spiritual struggles. He was wanting to know what's going on, why am I going through these struggles And as he was searching for the answers to these struggles, on the very first morning there, he met Mother Teresa. And as he met her, she asked, what can I do for you? Kavanaugh asked her to pray for him. What do you want me to pray for, she asked. And he answered what I imagine he thought was a, a perfectly reasonable and humble request. In fact, it was the very reason that he had gone and traveled those thousands of miles to India to find that place. He said, pray that I have clarity. Mother Teresa responded, no, I will not do that. He asked her why. And she said, clarity is the last thing you are clinging to and must let go of. But you always seem to have clarity, he asked or told her. And she laughed and said, I have never had clarity. What I've always had is trust. So I will pray that you trust God. Wherever you are at, I pray that you can trust God. And I pray that as you wait, I pray that as you listen, I pray that as you Wrestle. That God will answer, that God will fill, that God will strengthen. And I pray that after this wrestling match, you will have another one. And I pray that you will rearrange the furniture in your life so that you can grow. And I pray that you will struggle with the things that you read so that you will find depth in it. I pray that you will struggle in your life so that you can grow stronger through the things that you go through so that you can depend on God more fully, so that you can reach people more effectively. I pray that you and I will not become stagnant thinking that we have accomplished it, but as God has sent Jesus, he is sending us, and in that sending, it includes the suffering, it includes the crucifixion, it includes the dying, and yes, it it includes the rising again from the dead. It is a process that we go through time and time again. They waited, they were filled. They prayed, they were filled. He sat and he was filled. May you find the filling of God in your life and the struggles that you go through. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, Wait. Trust. And breathe again. Because the very breath of God will fill your lungs and your life with His life, His power, His calling. Let's pray. Father, you know all the things that we are going through. All the people who will hear this, see this, you know the struggles. Lord, I know some of those struggles and some of them bring me to tears. But Lord, it is at the place of tears. It is at the end of our rope. It is when we are wandering in the desert that you call from the bush. It's when we offer up to you the things that we love most that you answer back. It is when we lay our lives down that we are able to take them back up again with the life that you now give. And Lord, that happens to us over and over again. May we not grow weary in doing what is right. But know, Lord, that in the end, we will receive the crown of life as we trust you. Lord, help my friends, help my family to trust you right now where they're at and with what they're going through. And I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. May you not listen to the voice that tells you you can do this alone. May you be able to offer the things that you love the most and surrender them to God who knows what's best. May you be curious about the bush that's burning and is not consumed enough to inquire and hear the voice of God. And may you wrestle with God long enough and not let go until you win and hear the blessing he has for you. May you wait and allow the breath of God to fill your lungs with new life. God bless you. Happy birthday, Queen! We love you. God bless you guys. You have been listening to the Genesis podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com